Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You are listening to the One Good Scare podcast with Natalie Zamora and Max Mello. Hey everyone, welcome back to a new episode of the One Good Scare podcast. I'm Natalie Zamora and of course I'm joined here by my co-host Max Mallow and um, it's March. So what else can we do besides participate in a little March madness? For sure. It's been March for a while, but yes, it is March if you guys didn't know. <laughs> um the March Madness uh, NCAA basketball tournament is one of the most popular things every year and we thought, why not add a little bit of horror to March Madness and create our own fun little bracket and, you know, take you guys on a journey for four weeks. Uh, and it, you know, saves us from thinking about reviewing crappy movies for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we're going to break down how it works and everything like that. But I'm really excited to do this and I think it'll be a, a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I am not a sports person at all, so I am down for the ride as long as we don't have to talk about basketball. Yeah, like I'm not a big college basketball person either. I'm not a big like NBA guy either. I just yeah always know that when March comes around, someone's going to ask me, be like, "Hey, do you want to throw like twenty bucks in this pot and do it and make a bracket?" And I'd be like. Sure. It depends on the year. I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll throw away $20. Who cares? And then, you know, (laughs) years like now I'll be like, uh, no, I'll hold on to my $20. I don't know anything (laughs) about what I'm doing. So at least with horror, uh, you know, we've kind of made it as fair as possible. We tried to exclude any bias from it, but, um, you know, we had to make the brackets ourselves. Not like we could just find one unless someone had made one. That would have been awesome. Um, so we'll try to remain as unbiased as possible and, you know, our, uh, our listeners can, can play along cause I'll have the brackets and everything like that and explain how they've been set up. So it'll be fun. Support for the one good scare podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below the waist grooming. 
Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for you and they obsess over their technology developments to provide you with the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Yep, and one of those men, as you guys have heard before, is me. I got their Perfect Package 3.0 and it's awesome. Someone who never took as much care <laughs> that Manscaped provides uh, with their, as they say, family jewels. Um Use their product and the lawnmower 3.0 uh, is awesome. It's safe. Um, it's easy to use. There's a light on it, um, which lets you see on all those places in the dark, I guess. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but it's uh, it's an awesome product. The, the perfect package also comes with a pair of boxers, extremely comfy. They're crop preservers. Just stuff you never knew you would need or would try. And you get it and you try it and you're like, Wow. Okay. Thank you for introducing me to this. Yeah. So I'm one of those 2 million men. <laughs> Amazing. And if anyone listening wants to try out Manscaped, you can actually get 20% off and free shipping if you just use the code fansided20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. You just have to use the code fansided20. Yeah. I'm excited. Um, so before we got all into that, shall we get into our weekly horror news roundup? We can, because you've scoured the internet for everything people need to know. And <laughs> so I was waiting for, yeah, I got, I no, what is it? Natalie scoured the internet for everything you know <laughs> in the world of horror. Yeah, that's it. So the first thing, uh, Mike Flanagan, his new Netflix series, the midnight club has started filming. He posted something on Twitter about it, uh, posting, I am in. I should know what this thing is called. What's it called? The when you slap the thing on the top and you're like action. <laughs> What's that called? Oh, like the reel? Is it the reel? Ah, uh, yeah. I don't know what it's called. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the Midnight Club is his next release, I believe, coming after Bly Manor. Uh, obviously, Mike mm-hmm. Flanagan. That's where he got a lot of his um, acclaim from, I guess from. From the from the public world, uh, of course, you know he did movies before that, but Haunting of Hill House and Haunting of Bly Manor uh, really elevated him to a, a major status on Netflix. And The Midnight Club is a adaptation of uh, Christopher Pike's 1994 novel. And I feel like a lot of people won't know what The Midnight Club is exactly about, but they'll see that Mike Flanagan's name is attached to it, and they'll be like, "Oh, okay, I'll watch this." Yeah, I had not heard of this book before, Um, and it's funny, I know we've talked about it before, that he has The Midnight Club coming to Netflix and Midnight Mass. Um, Neither of them have release dates, but I guess since Midnight Club is filming, I guess we can expect this one first. I'm always so, like, I mean, and it's also because um, Haunting of Hill House and Haunting of Bly Manor came out around the Halloween uh, season, that I'm always just assuming that all of his releases will come out and around Halloween. So I could be completely wrong, but I feel like my prediction now is maybe the Midnight Club will come out this October, Midnight Mass maybe next October, or they're going to throw a curveball and just give it to us sooner, which would, would be nice. Yeah, I would imagine it would be like a Halloween time, simply mm-hmm. based on his past releases, but also... For Stranger Things, if I'm remembering correctly, Stranger Things originally came out, was it around Halloween or was it around the New Year, the first season? I can't remember. Um, um, I think season one came out around in, in the summertime, but then the next season came out around Halloween. Right. And then the latest one was also a summertime release. 
Yeah. Because it was tie- it tied into a lot of the themes for the the season were based in the summer. Um with Billy being a lifeguard and going to the mall on, you know, summer days and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. yeah, uh thankfully, uh Bloody Disgusting wrote an article on it and the apart from all the important information they've included in the article, it's called a clapboard. That's what it's called. <laughs> oh 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 yeah yeah yeah. i know what you're talking about from the tweet for some reason i didn't know what you were talking about i see it yeah so john squires bloody disgusting thank you so much (laughs) (laughs) um and uh yeah i mean heather langenkamp is attached to work on it and obviously everyone should know heather langenkamp from a nightmare on elm street a legendary actress in in the horror world and i'm excited the 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 novel uh art is on the is in the bloody disgusting article when you check it out and it mm-hmm. looks like like old like goosebumpsy like yeah nancy drew hardy boys type of cover but obviously spooky with a bunch of teens hanging around a table and and someone in a robe so i'm really excited for this <laughs> yeah me too i also get that like goosebumps vibe so i'm gonna be really interested to see um how this turns out yeah, so check out the article on Bloody Disgusting for more information on The Midnight Club. Also, just side note, I think from both of us, we're happy that Mike Flanagan is doing something outside of the Haunting series that's, that started on Netflix because we weren't that big of a fan of, of Bly Manor. And hopefully it gets back to, like, you know, super scary stuff because Oculus, very scary movie. Um, yeah, I love Oculus. I agree. And like, it's funny because like the haunting, I guess it's like it could really be anything since it's an anthology. So you could really throw like any story in there, but it does have to be, you know, like something supernatural. Um, so it kind of does box him in a little bit. So I'm also glad that he's kind of steering away from that. It had a good run. But it's over now. And like to our own, like admittance, like, Haunting of Bly Manor was always going to be a victim of people and fans setting their expectations way too high. Mm-hmm. Like with WandaVision, most recently, I finally like checked that self like back in for me. I've been like, okay, yeah, you know, let's reel, let's reel ourselves in. We want all of the grandiose, crazy things to happen, but when that doesn't happen, it doesn't mean that the show was bad. Um, mm-hmm. You know the prime example of that not being the case is game of thrones right everyone was like do something crazy and they had all the freedom in the world to do it and they just did yeah it. um so with bly manor obviously a lot of fans wanted something really scary natalie and i both wanted something that was really scary especially with how many easter eggs and and how uh you know, frightening and and spooky hill house was so mm-hmm. it's, not, it's not to say bly manor's awful just you know excited for uh for him to step away and do something different but moving on now uh a headline that i have nothing uh to contribute because i have no clue what's going on here so you can (laughs) you can clue me in and the rest of our listeners on this so uh peyton list is set to star as a young eileen warnos in american boogie woman so what is this all about yeah, I actually didn't know if I didn't hear of this movie previously, so I didn't know that they were going to be making this, but it's basically going to serve as kind of like a prequel story to the movie Monster, which starred Charlize Theron back in 2003. And it's going to be like a younger version of Eileen Warnos, who uh, was a serial killer, and her story was 
really interesting because at least in in the movie Monster, and I actually watched a documentary on her too, she was sexually assaulted many times. And so she would go and, you know, kill the men who had wronged her. So in, you know, in many ways she, like people understood what she was doing, like women, of course. Um, but she was also like terrifying and Charlize Theron did such a great job at portraying her. She won an Oscar for her portrayal. So I'm excited about this. Um, yeah, it says that it's going to be directed, this Deadline article that I'm looking at right now, it's going to be directed by Daniel Ferens, who uh, directed Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers. Wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> what a movie so, that one is. So interesting there. Um, okay, actually, no, he wrote that movie. He did not direct it. So that's even more interesting. Oh, no. Okay. Well, we'll, but, give, we'll give him the benefit of the doubt, right? The benefit of the doubt. <laughs> Yeah. 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 But it looks good. Like, there's not too much known about what Eileen Warnos was like growing up or, you know, as a teen, her early 20s. It's kind of, you know, she obviously fell into infamy when she started murdering people. So this is going to be interesting. This is an origin story I am here for. Yeah. I have not seen Monster. Obviously, Charlize Theron won an Oscar for that movie. I did see it. I don't know if you follow any of those Instagram accounts, but one of them popped up on my uh, Explore page. I'm not a big social mm-hmm. media person as a whole, but you know, I'll scroll through Instagram every once in a while. And those like film accounts that do like side by side comparisons and stuff like that, yeah, and do like iconic actors and iconic roles, which is just a bunch of clips and stuff like that. And it Monster was one of the scenes. It was like the court case and also Charlize Theron in Monster. And I need to go back and watch that movie. I was too young to watch it at the time. And my mom was like, that's not for you right now when you grow up. And I was <laughs> like, okay, mom, whatever you say. Um, and Peyton List, obviously, people uh, who are a fan of Cobra Kai uh, would know her. She mm-hmm. stars in that. Uh, Cobra Kai, not a massive Karate Kid fan, but I've heard a lot of good things about that show. Yeah, me too. I haven't watched it. I mean, like, I like Karate Kid growing up, but like you said, I'm not a huge fan, so when the show came out, I wasn't too interested in it, but I've only heard really good things. So should probably check it out at some point. Yep. And then for horror junkies out there, Tobin Bell is going to be in this. Obviously everyone should know him. Oh yeah. As the mastermind jigsaw who had apprentices that no one knew about. <laughs> Not even him. He, he, he would argue. I, he didn't know he had apprentices that he didn't know about. <laughs> so that's fun. Yeah. I completely forgot about that. That's an icon. <laughs> It, totally an icon. Um, so yeah, I'm really interested to see uh, what comes of this, and well, maybe we can do an episode in the future once this comes out of watching Monster and then watching this. To yeah. See, uh, you know, do like a, a retrospective on Eileen Warnos, of course. Um, so yeah, that's American Boogie Woman, and then the final piece of news, which will tie into our March Madness when we get into it. Uh, there's a new Texas Chainsaw movie, uh, which is being developed. And it's supposed to be a sequel focusing on, quote, old man Leatherface. Now, before we get into the information on this Texas Chainsaw sequel, just calling it old man Leatherface gives it like a comic book vibe. Like it makes me think of like Logan and just like old man Logan Wolverine living (laughs) in the woods or like old man Bruce Wayne training up Robin or Nightwing or the next Batman or something like that. I'm like, okay, what is this all about? (laughs) 
Yeah, I don't know. It does give it such like a silly kind of vibe to it too. Like I don't know much about this movie and I'm like cautiously intrigued. Yeah, so the article from uh Enemy um Enemy, Enemy, right? Yeah. Yeah, um, The uh the article talking about the sequel. The one thing that makes me really excited for this is that Fetty Alvarez is producing it. Who mm-hmm did one of our favorite horror movies, which is the evil dead reboot. And it's also going to be a direct sequel to the original 1974 film. So this is obviously a trend in horror that's been going on for a while. Most recently, everyone will know Halloween 2018 is a direct sequel to the original Halloween. And it's an opportunity for Hollywood directors, producers and and writers and stuff like that to wipe the slate clean. Because when you go back and look at a lot of these classic horror movies, the first one is held to such a high standard, mm-hmm. and the rest of them just fall off a cliff. Texas Chainsaw Massacre is one of those. Like there, you know, yeah, fans out there who love the second one, and you know the the next generation one with Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger has some fans, but you know they're not critically acclaimed movies, right? Yeah. So. To have a beloved franchise and a beloved character like Leatherface uh, be, uh, I guess, reborn and retold in a sequel to the original with Fetty Alvarez attached, I'm behind it. Yeah, I agree. And then he also said, Alvarez, in this interview that was on the Boo Crew podcast, he said that they're going to take an old school approach to this new movie. Um, He said... Everything is classic, old school gags. A lot of the approach that we had with Evil Dead never f uh, never be fx to do everything on camera. I don't know why I could not say that. Um, so that that's interesting. Like it's going to be using similar styles to Evil Dead, which of course we love. Um, and this movie is going to be directed by David Blue Garcia. There is not any release date yet or anything, but. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Like we said, the the way of calling it old man Leatherface is kind of odd. But at the same time, when you think about it, like if it is a direct sequel and it's going to be an older, uh, you know, version of Leatherface, this has potential. Yeah, just like him training up someone to take up the chainsaw mantle or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. He has a son. He's like, all right. Yeah. The, the- Straw face. <laughs> Sorry, what? Straw face. Yeah, not leather face. Ah, got it. (laughs) That was like the first thing I could think of. I don't know why. Uh, Polyester face. Yeah, polyester face or something. Some kind of clothing material face. Yes. There you go. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, So this will be interesting to see what happens with it. Of course, like we said, Fede Alvarez is great. And the fact that he's committing to doing more practical effects for a lot of horror fans, that'll, you know, reel them in as well because. You know, you can get, uh, you know, disconnected from a movie, especially when there's so much CGI and visual effects mm-hmm. going on that don't, you know, make it seem real and believable. Obviously, it's horror movies, right? A lot of them are fiction anyway, but more practical, you know, more gore for something like Texas Chainsaw. Let's do it. I'm down. Especially because all the recent ones are garbage. They're all so yeah. bad. Yeah, wasn't what was the last one? Wasn't it just called Chainsaw or something? I, the one? the 3D one, I think. Was yeah, that, was that the most recent one. Yeah, 
The... Oh, it was just called Texas Chainsaw. Okay. So I was on the right track. Famous I, one word. That whole era of like naughties and like early 2010s movies uh, in the genre, which wanted to attach 3D to anything because 3D is yes. the cool thing. Like, My Bloody Valentine 3D. Yeah. Texas Chainsaw 3D, Bloody Valentine. Uh, Final Destination 4 was 3D. Oh, yeah. I don't think I think they just called it the final destination, but I believe. Some, and when they made another one, right? Yeah, which is like, come on, what are we doing here? But also, I think there were some <laughs> some posters and some taglines that had it as like Final Destination 3D. So probably. And then there's got to be a sequel that we're not remembering where it was like something blank 3D. Like the only one that comes to my mind is Spy Kids um. 3D because it was the third <laughs> Spy Kids and it was also in 3D. <laughs> Uh, I remember watching that in theaters. <laughs> oh, what a classic. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, your weekly horror news roundup. Midnight Club is filming. Peyton List is playing Eileen Warnos in a prequel to Monster. I, you know, who, it's not going to be like a direct prequel in the same cinematic yeah. or anything like that. Just telling um, that prequel story. Prequel story. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then uh, a Texas Chainsaw sequel with Fetty Alvarez and Old Man Leatherface. So. <laughs> That'll be fun. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited. It also looks like, I mean, of course they could change the title, but I think the title is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. (laughs) So they're going that route. Oh man. Well, more power to you, I guess. (laughs) I guess they could like crowdfund a name, right? I'm sure there's, there's enough brain power in these rooms to be like, can we call it anything other than the original title? I know. I wonder if they just don't have a real title yet, because that's what it's listed on IMDb, which of course could have just been somebody not knowing what it's called yet. But Figures Palace is not called that. They could just call it like like Logan, called just like Chainsaw. They can't call it Leatherface because there's already a movie called Leatherface. They should call it Cotton Face. No, I hate no. <laughs> I, I stop. Cotton Eye Joe. If there's Anything that has to do in this sequel with another type of clothing material mm-hmm. and the if there's like a, a prodigy learning underneath Leatherface and he wears a different type of clothing material for a face, mm-hmm. I'm coming back to this episode and <laughs> I'm deleting it from existence. <laughs> no, we would call it. it. We would, I don't know what we would have, bragging rights, I guess. Not any real money. Oh, anyway, we could sue. Yeah, we could sue. <laughs> stating it here that would be a great idea and it's our idea perfect um all righty so yeah that's your weekly horror news roundup mm-hmm. now we can get into our march madness our horror march madness i don't have a clever name for it it's just march madness dead meat did one with horror characters like horror villains and non-horror villains part one was mm-hmm. also just calling it horror villains and it's called murder march madness and i was like that name is great I can't think of something like that, so we'll just call it March Madness for what it is. The one good scare March Madness bracket. There you go. There yeah. you go. All right. So let's get into what our categories are and what we're going to talk about today. But let's take our first quick break, and then we'll be back. All right. So our one good scare March Madness bracket. Yeah. So let's break it down. So. This is going to take place over the course of four episodes, and it's a four-week series, obviously, based on the popular NCAA basketball tournament that goes on for men and women every every March, except for last year, because there was COVID. Um, so, you know, normally in March Madness, for those who don't know, there's 64 teams, and 
that would be a lot of movies. So we've kind of simplified it. We've only broken it down into uh, 32. So 32 movies, uh, four quadrants, eight movies per bracket. And each category has their own theme. So we have the slashers category, the zombies category, the supernatural category, and the monsters category. Now, yes, some would say zombies can go into monsters, but that's just not how we're doing it. And if that upsets you, we're sorry. <laughs> but the the whole premise of it is not to pick a specific movie that, you know, in a franchise, it's just talking about franchise as a whole, unless, of course, the movie. There's fran- only one. Right. There's only one in the franchise. So in that case, it's not a franchise. Um, <laughs> and. Yeah, to avoid bias, like I mentioned, we've done, uh, we've randomized it. So the movies for this week, uh, before I reveal the order and the seating and how it was done, uh, for slashers are Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Child's Play, Candyman, Friday the 13th, Scream, Halloween, Psycho, and A Nightmare on Elm Street. Eight iconic movie franchises in the slasher genre. Now, if we missed out on one, I'm sorry. There's not. We're, we're sorry. weren't enough slots. Yeah, there weren't enough slots, and if there, you know, if you add one to one, you got to add one to the other, and then there's nine, and then you have to do a buy, and it's just all it's all too difficult. So we just made it eight for the simplification of doing this for the first time. And if we come back next year and we do it again, we'll expand it to 256 movies, and we'll make you <laughs> we'll make you listen. Um, so yeah. Like I said, the seating is done to avoid any bias because obviously I'm a huge Scream fan. Uh, Natalie loves Psycho and Chuck and Child's Play. So to make this as unbiased as possible when it comes to organizing it, I've randomized this on random.org 82 times. And you'll say, why 82 times? And I'll say to you, well, there's been 82 iterations of the March Madness tournament. Though technically there's been 81 because last year was the 81st, but it didn't happen because of COVID. So this is the 82nd edition, even though it's the 81st. But, you know, I don't want to get into technicalities. That's just the number we chose. If that upsets you too, we're sorry. (laughs) Did you, like, were you able to do, like, do it 82 times or did you click 82 times? Yeah, so it says on random.org, you know, this list, after you put the movies in, you hit random. Uh, it says this list has been randomized one time, so I clicked mm-hmm. eighty-one times. <laughs> I was Amazing. in shambles this morning, absolute shambles. But Amazing. after the randomization, this is how the the matches break down. I'll read out the seating and everything like that, so that people understand how matches work. So you have the highest seed always takes on the lowest seed, and then so on and so forth. So based on our eighty-two times randomizer challenge. The number one seed for the bracket is Texas Chainsaw taking on the number eight seed Child's Play. Already, again, not indicative of what's going on if you would ask (laughs) someone to be critical of the movies. You have number five, Psycho, versus number four, A Nightmare on Elm Street. You have number three, Candyman, taking on number six, Halloween. And the last one at the bottom of the bracket is Friday the 13th, the seventh seed, versus Scream, the two seed. So we'll do all the first-round matchups we'll talk about. You know, the movies or anything like that, and by the end of the episode, we'll have one slasher franchise to represent the slashers, and we'll come back to them once we've done all the other ones and we get down to the final four, because that's the most exciting time of March Madness. So I've explained everything! It's convoluted! It's based on a lot of technicalities, but hopefully you guys enjoy, you can play along, 
uh, as well. You know, compare how you would do the brackets based on whatever criteria you would set. And uh, let's have some fun. Yeah, definitely. I'm really excited for this. So our first one is Texas Chainsaw versus Child's Play. So if you were to ask me between the two movies, I would say Texas Chainsaw, um, the two original movies. But if we're going franchises, that's where it gets tricky. Yeah. So I've I've kind of compiled some some basic stats uh, on the movies, so we can talk about each one. Uh, you know, just important things to talk about, like you know, entries in the franchise, uh, how they're rated on uh, rated on uh, Rotten Tomatoes because everyone loves Rotten Tomatoes, uh, and you know, box office growth or uh, revenue and stuff like that it's not going to have any implication on if a movie made more money it goes through it's just you know for people who out there uh, might not know just some fun facts so first off i would also agree with you i would take texas chainsaw because you know me personally can't (laughs) but going into texas chainsaw first there's eight entries in the franchise obviously a ninth one is now in the works Mm -hmm. um the first one was released in 1974 obviously credited as being one of the movies to start the slasher genre uh it's a I don't want to say cult classic. It's a it's a classic. It's a classic, yeah. In the genre, um, and then the latest one was in 2017, and that one, when you look at how far the series has come, it's gone backwards. We've gone in reverse. Um, yeah. And there's an interesting thing that we'll talk about with each movie here uh, as we go through the matchups. Talking about lines of continuity because continuity is really important, and some mm-hmm. franchises, as we've talked about in previous episodes. <laughs> have way too many content lines yeah, or continuity lines just all over the place. So for Texas Chainsaw, you have the original. You have Chainsaw 1 through The Next Generation, which is, yes, a Star Trek subtitle as well, but that's the one that had Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger. Um, you have the remake continuity line, which is just the 20, uh, 2003, I almost said, uh, 2003 remake and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the beginning movie, which are both very bad. And then you have the 3D continuity line, which includes the original, and then Leatherface and Texas Chainsaw 3D. Now, from did you said Chainsaw 3D was the, the latest one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, actually... It might not have been. I think that Leatherface, is that one, was that one that just was, like, not in theaters? No, Leatherface came out in theaters, I believe. I just don't, I know Leatherface and Chainsaw 3D, one of them is, like, one of them precedes the other, but I want to, let me just look it up real quick. Uh, yeah, the Chainsaw 3D is 2013 and Leatherface is 2017. That's what I thought. So I, I didn't even watch this movie. You haven't seen Leatherface? No. <laughs> it's it's really bad. And I if I'm remembering correctly, it's a it's a prequel to Text Chainsaw 3D. Or it might take Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, no, it's Or it's a direct uh, sequel. Yeah, it's a direct sequel. Right. Way, what? Way too much going on. Way too <laughs> it much. It said it was okay, the film was made exclusive via direct TV. <laughs> oh, okay. But then it received video on demand in limited theaters. Right. Uh, I did not watch this movie. Yeah, so that's supposed to be its own continuity line, which is very, yeah. very confusing. Um, but it's something that we're doing out here now. All righty. Um, so those are continuity lines. So let's get into Rotten Tomato scores. We'll do the highest and the lowest for each franchise. The highest is the original, of course, at 89, as mm-hmm. most would assume. And the lowest it's gotten is the beginning 
at 13. <laughs> Honestly, the beginning installment is a guilty pleasure because I watched the remakes like before the original just because of like how recent they were and how young I was. Um, so it's one of those things where <laughs> just has a soft, soft spot in my heart. <laughs> That's the one that has Jordana Brewster in it too, which is like yeah. that movie. And Matt Bomer. Yeah, I can't stand those two movies. <laughs> it's like just the iconic like early 2000s horror. It just it's one of those. True, true. Um but yeah, 13, that's pretty bad. Uh, mm-hmm. and then looking at uh box office worldwide numbers, uh the Texas Chainsaw franchise uh, according to Box Office Mojo, which is obviously in a bunch of Wikipedia articles as, as references, uh, it's made over $252 million, which is good enough for the eighth highest all-time franchise in terms of uh, revenue and uh, box Damn. office numbers. So that's pretty crazy when you consider yeah. how big the original was, obviously coming out in 1974 and then releasing bad movies, but also having to get people to go to theaters. Because, like, mm-hmm. you know, it's such a popular franchise to begin with. Um, anyway, yeah. So that's Texas Chainsaw. Now, going into Child's Play real quick, and then we can decide our, our winner here for the, mm-hmm. the first matchup. There's eight entries in the Child's Play franchise as well. Uh, and there are multiple uh, sequels, reboots, remakes, TV sequels, whatever, in mm-hmm. the works. People are just remaking this because, obviously, uh, Brad Dorff uh, and... The Jennifer Tilly and some the original cast in the the late '90s, early 2000s of Child's Play are like fan favorites. People love those movies, but yeah. other people had the property and were making sequels <laughs> and stuff like that. So there's some, you know, OG Chucky fans versus like the new Chucky fans. It's it's a mess. It's really a mess. Um, but in terms of what's been released, we have eight franchise entries. The first one, the original 1988, when a serial killer put himself in a killer doll and went on a rampage. And then you have the latest one, which is 2019. There's no serial killer in this one. It's Mark Hamill voicing a robot. Mm-hmm. So Luke Skywalker in a, in a doll's body killing people. Uh, and you only have two lines of continuity in this one. So you have Child's Play through the Cult of Chucky. And you have the reboot. And then you have whatever else coming out, right? So however that fits into these lines, we'll find out when they release. But the interesting thing here is the Rotten Tomato scores. Because... You would think mm-hmm. that the original is such a cult classic, people would put that one as the highest rated, right? That's not the case. <laughs> the highest rated one is the most recent one in the original continuity line, which is Cult of Chucky at 79. Yeah, and that's the only one that I haven't seen. That one? <laughs> because at that point, I was like, all right, it was like 20, that one was 2017. So I was kind of like, all right, you made these a million times. I'm just kind of over it. And then when they made the 2019, one it was kind of like okay there it's a fresh like start at this kind of thing so i watched it also aubrey plaza was in it so you know reason to watch it so yeah i have not seen the the highest rated you should film in the franchise i hate this 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 doll so much but that one's pretty good the the gorn is really good and you know fans of the franchise really loved that release compared to what came out in 2019 (laughs) <laughs> but that one's at 79, and then Child's Play 3 is the lowest at 23, which is the one where he goes to boot camp, if I remember correctly. Like, it has to do with, mm. the, with the, the army, if I'm remembering that correctly. I haven't seen the third one in a long time. Um, 
I don't, I feel like I always get the second one and the third one mixed up, <laughs> especially because they don't have names. Yeah, which is really frustrating. It's just numbers. Uh, <laughs> after three, obviously, there's Bride, Seed, Colton, Curse, and stuff like that. But Yeah, I think the third one is the military thing. Yeah, right? yeah. it's the military one. That one's weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And I think deservedly the lowest of all the movies. <laughs> it's not a memorable one, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, for box office numbers, three hundred <laughs> over three hundred thirty-three million dollars worldwide, closing in on three hundred thirty-four. Uh, so big numbers here. Like I'll run through those quicker when we get into the later entries, but just kind of breaking it down mm-hmm. for the first time how it works out. How do we decide here? Because both of them are legendary franchises. Obviously, Chucky probably doesn't deserve to be the eighth seed here in the bracket, <laughs> but through uh, randomness uh, and Texas Ch- and Leatherface is one of the most iconic villains. Yeah. I know, and it's funny because both of these have like new, new installments coming up. Like you said, the Tex Chainsaw movie, and then they're making a Child's Play TV show, which is so like I'll take it. We don't need it, but I'll watch it. Um, so I don't know. Like to be honest, I might be. Hmm, these ones are kind of like even to me because I have like. Child's Play, some of the installments are Guilty Pleasures, and same with Texas Chainsaw. Um, So I might say that I, as a franchise overall, I might enjoy Child's Play more. Yeah, I think as a franchise, Child's Play definitely has more hits, right? Yeah. Uh, They're the same amount of movies, Mm -hmm. but there are definitely more memorable movies in that franchise than Texas Chainsaw. Yeah. But... The original holds yeah, if we so were much comparing, more Yeah, if we were just comparing original, I would say Texas Chainsaw, but we're not. Yeah, like, I'm trying to think of, like, iconic moments. It's tough because, obviously, <laughs> Leatherface is a, a brooding large man who mm-hmm. doesn't really say much. And where Chucky became, like, such a household name in the genre was when he started being a dick when he started yes. cracking one-liners and stuff like that and Bride of Chucky and Bride of Chucky yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bride of Chucky is full of that stuff so yeah, I think we'll have to make the decision of is Texas Chainsaw the original more important than what you love about Child's Play and like all the fun things about Child's Play like yeah probably but <laughs> I yeah, I would say Texas Chainsaw the original is better than all of the child's play movies. But like if we're comparing the franchises as a whole, like the rest of the Texas Chainsaw movies really bring it down. It does. So we're gonna have an upset here and upset probably a lot of people. I'm <laughs> sure people could understand this. Yeah. So we're gonna do it. And the eight seed is gonna knock out a one seed. Yeah. All righty. We're going to put Child's Play in front of Texas Chainsaw, knocking it out of the round. It's not its fault. The first one is so amazing. It's just mm-hmm. that the rest of them are so bad. Yeah. Except for I two. I like two a lot. Two is, is really fun. Chop Top and Bill Mosley. Uh, fantastic. <laughs> so that's it. The killer doll, who I hate and can't stand, has knocked out Leatherface. And Child's Play advances to the next round, where they will face the winner of our next matchup, which is Psycho. Versus A Nightmare on Elm Street. Now, some will say, Psycho, that was only one movie. And there was a remake. (laughs) Well, no, there's actually a lot of entries in this franchise. Um, 
to be exact, there's six in terms of movies and stuff like that. Of course, you have the Bates Motel show, which was really, really popular with Vera Farmiga. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's two lines of continuity, from my understanding. Correct me if I'm wrong, listeners, but based on research, I'm pretty sure this is accurate. You have the original, which includes all of those movies. Mm-hmm. And you have the remake, the Gus Van Sant one with Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn. <laughs> and we'll talk about that. Um, so you have Rotten Tomato scores here. The highest, of course, Alfred Hitchcock's original uh, at 96%, which is insane. Uh, mm-hmm. Very hard for a movie to get that on Rotten Tomatoes as a whole. And for a horror movie to do it, obviously, you know, speaks to how influential this movie was in the mm-hmm. industry. And then you have the lowest. It's no surprise. It's Gus Van Sant's uh, 1998 remake at 38%. Now, that's actually not as low as I would have think that, that would have thought that movie would have gotten. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I'm not a fan of <laughs> the Vince Vaughn version. And it's like, it's just one of those things where you like, it doesn't need to be remade. Like the original is just so perfect that I think when they made Bates Motel, that was a good angle to go and just say like, all right, here's like an origin story. It's TV show. It's diff- different enough. Whereas this, like, no. And I like Gus Van Zandt too. I think he's a great director, but <laughs> This is a no, no go. Yeah. It's uh, for some of a guilty pleasure for us. Not so much. Um, <laughs> like imagine re-releasing that now. I think people would have might've like accepted it differently, obviously because people loved Vince Vaughn in freaky. Yeah. He was great in that movie, but like, imagine if they did that now, <laughs> I wonder what the response would be. Um, yeah. So for box office numbers, obviously psycho isn't like a major movie franchise everyone really remembers the original the remake in Bates Motel um just over 118 million dollars worldwide and then it's going up against a big one uh which is a nightmare on Elm Street Freddy Krueger one of the the four horror horsemen someone's (laughs) probably coined that but it came to the top of my head and (laughs) fun to say um nine franchise entries here all over the place uh first one in 1984 introduced to the man known as Freddy Krueger. And the latest one was in 2010, which was the remake. Uh, And you have two lines of continuity. You have the original one, which spans all the way through Freddy versus Jason. And you have the 2010 reboot. So very simple to understand there. Uh, In terms of Rotten Tomato scores, Nightmare on Elm Street just loses out to Psycho uh, with the Mm -hmm. original one coming at 94%. And then the 2010 remake was at 15%, which is like crazy to me. Because if you're asking me to watch two remakes i'd rather watch nightmare on elm street yeah than psycho yeah but i think it just like kind of speaks to how iconic freddy krueger is and like how much we love just like watching him and his story um because i also don't like the the remake of either of them i'm trying to think like i would i would rather watch the nightmare on elm street remake though but it's just because Freddy Krueger rocks. So agreed. Uh, and Jackie Earl Haley did an awesome job. I think. Yeah. Freddy Krueger, which, you know, stepping into big shoes anyway, it's Robert England. Um, yeah. Um, okay. Oh, no, go ahead. No, I'm just going to give my, give my definitive answer. I think this one was pretty easy. Yeah. Well, don't you want to know how much money nightmare made? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes. No, it's, it's a lot. It's, yeah. A lot of money. Um, it's really not important to the argument here, but it's just, it's fun. I it's think. interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, over $472 million. Crazy. Those are big bucks. Yeah. And I think it's probably like 
primed to be the franchise I want to see remade in a, you know, in a way that does it justice because of how iconic Freddy Krueger is and how much you mm-hmm. can do with like a, a modern take on it. Mm-hmm. Crazy guy going to people's dreams and killing them. I'm down. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, like psycho is such an iconic movie, but nightmare is just, it's a nightmare. There's so many things that like when you compare Vil- when you compare people, right? Norman Bates. Yeah. Freddy Krueger. Exactly. It's really difficult to really put the two together, but Freddy Krueger for both of us, I think, wins out every time. You get the one-liners that everybody loves, similar to to Chucky. Maybe that's why we're picking this. They just have funny one-liners. We like, yeah, we like comedy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Psycho is one of my favorite movies, so it's like kind of similar to the last uh, decision we had to make with Text Chainsaw and Child's Play. Psycho is such, it's like a perfect movie, honestly. I would give it 100% if I was scoring it. Um, but it's not a franchise. Like, it is, but it's it's not. It doesn't live up to franchise standards. Freddy Krueger is a franchise lead. Like, he has what it takes to really, even when the movies are bad and they get so bad, it's guilty pleasure because he's such an entertaining lead and he's a fantastic villain and the if we're again, if we're looking at franchises, it's got to be nightmare. Yeah, I mean, hey, don't uh, you don't have to convince me. I'm on your <laughs> some people. Some people are going to get offended and disagree, but that's just the nature <laughs> of doing something like this. Um, yep. For me, Freddy Krueger nightmare wins out against Psycho. So we've got a a matchup in the second round of Chucky versus Freddy Krueger. That'll be really interesting to go into. Yeah, that'll be fun. Um, okay, we're going into our, our final two here. So let's take our last break and then we'll get right into it. All right, who is up next? This is also an interesting one. Yeah, so we've got our number three seed versus our number six seed here, uh, which is Candyman versus Halloween. Now, when I was originally doing a bracket, I was like, let me do a bracket to see how I would rank it, trying to be as unbiased as possible, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think this was one that I originally had, but the seeds were reversed. Halloween was three. Halloween might have been higher up. might have been like a two and seven matchup that I had, but Candyman obviously des- deserves to be on here. Um, and the numbers are going to randomize. And it's just an interesting breakdown because you have uh, Candyman, which is an iconic uh, character portrayed by Tony Todd and a movie that is getting rebooted and spiritual sequeled. I guess that's not a, it's not a verb. You can't spiritual sequel something, Um, (laughs) but anyway, uh, Nia DaCosta and Jordan Peele are bringing it to the the big screen once again. And we are both so excited for that movie. Um, Mm -hmm. but Candyman, uh, cult favorite character in the slasher genre taking on Michael Myers, who can't doubt it or can't deny it. It's, It's big Mikey. He's gotta be in here. Yeah, and with in Cavs five lines of continuity. Yeah, that yeah, we'll get into that. Um so let's go through Candyman first. Uh Candyman yeah. has three entries. Um the original uh, and two sequels, Farewell to the Flesh and Day of the Dead. Um Day of the Dead could you know, sounds like a zombie movie. Um mm-hmm. even Farewell to the Flesh sounds like a zombie movie. It does. Um the first one was released in 1992. Uh obviously Tony Todd played the the lead in uh in Candyman. Uh, and the latest one, uh, which is the fourth one on the way, is coming out in 2021, like we mentioned. And there's only one line of continuity for these three movies. 
And it's a spiritual sequel, so I'm unsure if this is going to be a new line of continuity or if it's just going to pick up the story mm-hmm. and be a new tale in the same uh, canon universe. Uh, it will be interesting to see what goes on there. But in terms of Rotten Tomato scores, the original is the highest at 76%. The lowest is Day of the Dead at 10%. Pretty <laughs> now, now we're getting into the, the lowest of the low when it comes to Rotten Tomato scores. Um, <laughs> and what was interesting is when I went into Box Office Mojo, I couldn't find like worldwide numbers. And also there was mm. no information on Day of the Dead, <laughs> which did uh, it not go to theaters? Yeah. Uh, if I'm, I could have sworn it did Candyman Day of the Dead. This is something I should have done before we uh, recorded the podcast, of course. Um, no, I believe it got a, a, a release in theaters. There's nothing on the Wikipedia page about it. It just made zero dollars. <laughs> no, I just I can't imagine that being true. Someone, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> someone just hasn't added it to box office mojo. Um, <laughs> that's the case of things. Um, so the original did 25 uh, million, nearly 26, and then Farewell to Flesh did uh, just under 14 million. So you're getting around near 40 million dollars for those two, and then whatever Day of the Dead did as well. Um, and then you get into Halloween. Now, if you haven't watched our Halloween episode, um, we complain about this a lot. There's 11 franchise entries in Halloween, one of the uh, most popular in all of horror. There's two more on the way. The first one was released in 1978. The latest one came out in 2018. There's one coming out this year and one coming out next year as well. Mm. But, like Natalie said, in all caps, in the script, it reads five lines of <laughs> continuity. They did us dirty. Oh my god, it's so frustrating. If for those who don't know, I'll break it down real quick. You have the original line of continuity, which includes Halloween one, Halloween two, Halloween four, Revenge of Michael Myers, Halloween five, uh, or sorry, Return of Michael Myers, Halloween five, Revenge of Michael Myers, and number six, Curse of Michael Myers. Okay, then you have the H two O continuity line, which is Halloween mm-hmm. one, Halloween two, Halloween H two O, oxygen, water, uh, hydrogen, and then <laughs> Halloween Resurrection. With Busta Rhymes kicking some ass. Uh, you have the remake continuity lines, which are both of <laughs> Rob Zombie's movies. <laughs> Robo Zombie Man. Robo Zombie Man, as I put in the script. Then you have the new continuity lines, which is <laughs> Halloween 1, Halloween 2018, Halloween Kills, and Halloween Ends, which are coming out in 21 and 22. And then you have the anthology continuity line, which is just solely Halloween 3 Season of the Witch, which uh, is a fun fact for anybody out there. When you know they were developing more movies for the franchise, they wanted to turn it into like an anthology type of series, kind of like American Horror Story is nowadays. And Halloween Three has nothing to do with a giant man in a, in a William Shatter mask. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Can you imagine, like, for your kids or just anyone who hasn't watched these movies as like they kind of like came out or like as they were growing up? How do you tell them to watch them? Like, would you say watch them in order? Would you say watch them however you want? I think I would just be like, watch the original, and then I'll, I'll I don't know, figure it out yourself. I would say <laughs> watch. I, let's go with the new continuity line. Let's do that one first. Yeah. Um, then we can go H2O. Then we can go Rob, Robo Zombie Man's films. <laughs> then we can go Anthology. And then we can go 4, 5, and 6. Because those movies stink. Those movies are bad. Yeah. I think you just went like in order of like how good they were. 
that yeah i think i did too <laughs> um yeah that's crazy the just look no further than these rotten tomato scores people uh the highest is obviously the original one of the most famous horror movies of all time 96 percent. the lowest curse number six nine percent and that's when we started to get into like weird cult stuff in michael myers and him being like some part of some rituals and it's just oh god yeah yeah several of these movies are bad but there are a handful that are very good and decently good and guilty pleasures yes the good do outweigh the bad here uh, in mm-hmm. this situation. Um, and of course, because there's been so many Halloween movies and such a popular franchise, it's made a lot of money at the box office to be exact $642,316,358. Smackers, cash, cold hard. Um, it's a lot. Yeah. So let's get into, I guess, first thing I want to talk about is Michael Myers versus Candyman. Who are you more scared of? Because I'm actually more scared of Candyman than I am Michael Myers. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I might think Candyman as well. Michael Myers, you can kind of just like hide from if he's if you're like out of sight, out of mind, and think you'd be fine. Yeah, but also like you bring Candyman onto yourself. <laughs> you're the one saying Candyman in the mirror. So like if you're saying Candyman, you're kind of you're like I'm. You're asking for it, right? Michael Myers yeah. shows up. You're like, what did I do, dude? Like, <laughs> I'm just babysitting this kid. What did I do to you? <laughs> This is true. I just think that Michael Myers is not as smart. So it's kind of just like he's scary because he's like large and will kill anyone. That's what he's got going on for him. True. And uh, he's the captain of the USS Enterprise at one time or another. Um, (laughs) So it's unfortunate here because I do want to give Candyman some love. And like in other Mm -hmm. matchups, Candyman might come out on top, but it's going up against a juggernaut here. In Halloween, you know, based on yeah, based on the randomness of the the draw, so I think we have to lean Halloween. Yeah, I agree. I think honestly, Candyman just doesn't stand a chance based on the amount of installments. And you know, if Candyman had three movies and they were all amazing, then that would be a different story. But they're not all amazing. Yeah, that's it. It's like kind of the case for Psycho as well. It's just like yeah. I think maybe there'd be a different discussion once the new one comes out and mm-hmm. seeing what Jordan Peele and Nita Costa can do with that. Cause we both have a lot of high hopes for that. Looks movie. great. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what happens, but for here, Michael Myers does emerge victorious, the shape. Yes. Uh, and we have the number six seed Halloween advancing to the next round to take on our final first round matchup. And then we can kind of speed through things. I won't have to read through the numbers all again. Um, is our number two seed taking on our number seven seed? And, Again, here, seeds don't matter. Like we said, it's based on randomness. It's Friday the 13th. Jason Voorhees taking on Ghostface and Scream. I think we're going to be... I don't think we're going to come to an agreement on this. I don't think so. I think this is where the podcast gets extended an extra 10 minutes, don't you think? (laughs) Anyway, um, let's go into Friday the 13th. Uh, 12 franchise entries. If it had 13... Maybe I would have leaned the other way because, you know, that would have been fun. There's been 13 of them. Um, the first one came out in 1980, and the latest one came out in 2009, the remake that, you know, happened in the whole wave of horror remakes. Um, two lines of continuity. Again, uh, the original through Freddy vs. Jason and the remake slash reboot slash everything um, mm-hmm. that we've talked about on a previous episode. Um, you have the Rotten Tomato scores. 
not as high actually for this franchise. Yeah, it's surprising. Yeah, you have the original at sixty four percent. That's the highest. Not good. Not good. Uh, you have number, <laughs> and then for the lowest, you have number three, uh, part three at seven. But coming in right above it, which I had to include in there because that one is probably my favorite in the franchise, um, is Jason Takes Manhattan. And that's at 8%. <laughs> just just missed out. Justice for Manhattan. Oh, God. That scene where he's fighting what's-his-face on the the roof of that building and they're in a <laughs> boxing match. Oh, it's so good. It's just so him good. like in the, on the subway. I can't. Oh, it's so good. Um, in terms of box office numbers, $468.24 million worldwide. Obviously, massive franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, but some real stinkers in this one. Going up against my favorite horror movie of all time, and something that we're going to argue about here now, uh, which is Wes Craven's Scream. So there's only been four entries in the franchise, uh, including a fifth one on the way, and also a spinoff TV series uh, that mm-hmm. had the same name, uh, which is on MTV and VH1. Uh, the first one came out in 1996, completely changed the horror genre, as I'm mentioning here. You know, just giving more claim to my case here. Um, the latest one came out in 2011, Scream 4. And five, as we've talked about before, could have been called Five Cream. Uh, yeah, it's just called Scream. It's coming out in 2022, featuring all your favorite characters: Nev Campbell, David Arquette, Courtney Cox. They're all returning. Um, and there's just one line of continuity. You know, counting the movies, the the spinoff TV show doesn't really. We're not going to really include it here since we're talking. About yeah, it. I didn't the watch the show. It's okay. So I, I can't comment. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. There's more gore than I was expecting for an MTV mm-hmm. show. Um, there's one scene where I was like, holy cow, how did that make it on cable television? Um, but in terms of Rotten Tomato scores, this one is going to blow your mind. Well, maybe not because you've already read it, but it's going to <laughs> blow <laughs> the mind of a lot of readers uh, or readers, listeners. Um, yeah. Some would say, oh, it's got to be the first one. It's the highest rated one. It's It's the best, right? It's not. Scream 2 is the highest rate on Rotten Tomatoes at 81%. So if you've been like, okay, cool. I'm really glad they included Rotten Tomatoes in here. I love that website. Now you're like, Rotten Tomatoes? What's going on? Yeah, that's surprising. How much? What is the score of the original? 79? Wow. I believe. That's offensive. (laughs) I'm offended by that. (laughs) That is so offensive. Yeah. That's really bad. It's absolutely wild. Um, And then the lowest everyone should assume uh, and know is Scream 3 at 39% because that movie is a mess um, all over the place. Yeah, that one is like the least memorable to me. Like I remember watching it and then I I think I've only seen it once or twice, honestly. Yeah, the whole metaverse they were trying to create with the stab movies is great. I love that with the Scream movies, even adding more meta to a movie that is so meta. but that movie is oh, that movie's bad. Um, <laughs> box office numbers though, eight less movies than Friday the Thirteenth. Almost. Uh, I'm not going to read this. Math numbers confuse me. Uh, Same. Over 140 million more dollars earned at the box office at 608. That is crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, I could be swayed. Because there are obviously so many terrible, not so many, but there are a handful of Friday the 13th movies that are just not good. But at the same time, they are guilty pleasures. And it has more of an 80s vibe than Scream has the 90s vibe. So they're so different. 
to compare. But this might be a case of like Scream only has a, you know, a small group and they're all pretty solid. Like we said, third one, not that good. Um, the fourth one, I remember watching it in high school, but I didn't think it was like great. I thought it was okay. Um, the fifth one has a lot of potential. So also Scream has more potential in the future than Friday the 13th does because who knows if there's ever going to be another Friday the 13th movie. Um, with everything going on there. So, I mean, I could be swayed into screen. Yeah, I mean, let's like kind of break them down, right? Obviously, if Jason Voorhees versus Ghostface, Jason mm-hmm. Voorhees came first, part of that. Jason is better. Jason yeah. is my favorite villain. Of all time, right? Yeah. Yeah, and Ghostface is mine, so it's going to be really difficult. <laughs> um, Ghostface is stupid. It's always someone different. Well, okay, that I'll give it to you. That's why Jason is better because Jason is Jason for the entire time, and well, except for Jason goes to hell, where he's in different bodies and he's flying around. <laughs> that movie's so bad, um, but it's know, funny. Yeah, but okay, is Billy Loomis and Stu uh, Mocker not better than Jason Voorhees? Those two. Mm. I'm getting a little woozy here. <laughs> I know that the first movie is so good. They are iconic characters. Nah, I'll concede. I'll concede that space too. Jason Voorhees does get that benefit, that that credit, because it's him throughout the entire franchise, except for the first one, of course. Um, yeah. Spoiler alert! But that's mentioned <laughs> in Scream. That's what makes Scream so good. I know. Yeah, it's just such a different vibe. It's like it's kind of like if you're saying like, "What's this?" Is a terrible example because obviously these the scary movies aren't actually good movies, but it's kind of like comparing like Scream to Scary Movie because it's like oh, making yeah. fun of it, even though obviously Scary Movie is just like a stupid funny movie. But yeah, it, it reminds me of that kind of comparison. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I could be swayed. You keep saying I see, that. I, don't, I, I see what you're saying. I, I, I think I'm going to end up being more swayed because I'm kind of talking myself out of my own argument. Because <laughs> I'm just like, here's what you're giving up, right? Like Friday the 13th has the gore. Something that horror yeah. movies, you know, they need, right? I think both of us would agree. More gore, more eyeballs from both of us. Four yeah. in total, to be exact. Um, <laughs> the, the whole ghost face thing is different people, for sure. I get it. Like, Stu and Billy are way better than any other ghost face in the franchise. Emma Roberts yeah. is pretty good. I'd say she's the second best one. Um, but Roman and then Billy's mom in the Roman in the third one is awful. And then Billy's mom with Timothy Oliphant, that whole, <laughs> remember that dancing scene in the cafeteria? Oh no. Oh no. Just so bad. That's an awful ghost face. <laughs> I need to like YouTube this just to reminisce after that. Oh, it's so bad. Um, but uh, and what's his face? And that's um, the guy. I oh, I can't remember his name. The only thing I remember him remembering him from is Kangaroo Jack. What's his name? Oh, what is his name? Is it Jerry something? Yeah. Oh shoot. Oh, what's his name? <laughs> what, people are like, why aren't they more prepared? It's like, well, I didn't think we'd talk about Kangaroo we'd... Jack. Um. Jerry O'Connell. Jerry O'Connell. <laughs> yeah. What a movie, Kangaroo Jack. Uh, I know. I love that movie as a kid. Um, yeah, me too. So, yeah, Jason Voorhees does beat out Ghostface, right? The Ghostface voice yeah. and the character are so iconic, but Jason is Jason, right? 
I'm way more terrified of Jason in like a situation where I have to deal with one or the other. Like if mm-hmm. Ghostface is calling me, I'm just not answering the phone. Yeah, um, exactly. And if he asked me what my favorite scary movies, I'd be like, it's, it's your movie, dumbass. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> uh, maybe he'll spare me at that, at that point. <laughs> um, so Friday the 13th wins out on Gore, wins out on the main character. Um, the movies as a whole, like, I don't know if you could pick any Friday movie and be like, yeah, that's my champion versus Scream 1. That'll be a really tough conversation to have. Yeah. Um, but Freddy versus Jason is so great. Like, there's we're not going to get Ghostface versus someone. That'll never happen. Yeah. Yeah, that would be stupid. It would. Um, so it is our number two seed. And I think I would have put Scream as my number two seed because, again, it's my favorite movie. Um Oh, no, sorry. Scream is the two seed. We're going to have another upset here. Um, oh, okay. I think we're going to have to end up... I'll concede the space to you with Friday the 13th. Okay. So, never say I didn't... I haven't done anything for you ever. <laughs> <laughs> I'll remember this. Yeah. So, that's our first round matchups. Now we can kind of speed through and we've talked about movies. We can kind of break down them as we go into. We have text, uh, Child's Play versus Nightmare and we have Halloween versus Friday the 13th. So, of... The main characters who have missed out here, no Norman Bates, no Leatherface, no Candyman, and no Ghostface. Kind of crazy when you think about it. Yeah. But someone's got to lose. Yeah. Alrighty. Uh, first off, Child's Play versus Nightmare. I think this is an easy yeah. nightmare for Nine. both. Agreed. I, I was I was never gonna let Chucky make the final. Nah. I was just gonna say now we can easily get rid of Child's Play. Yeah, God, I just can't stand that doll. Um, <clears throat> Nightmare wins. Night- Nightmare is. I would choose Freddy Krueger over Chucky any day of the week. Um, yeah. The the newer Chucky, he we get some some gore done. That people die. Like I said, watch watch Cult. The gore in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to watch that one. Of Out course, of it's not streaming anywhere. <laughs> Out of this world. Um, but Freddy powers up. So Freddy's got Super Freddy form and Super Freddy uh, from the, the, the whole comic book scene uh, in, is it Dream Warriors? or I can't remember which one it is. Um, Dream Child, maybe. So many of them, and they have so many I know, there's so many. I know. Um, but yeah, we'll have Nightmare advancing to the final, as it deserves. I think it should mm-hmm. be there. The number four seed. The seeds don't matter at this point, people. Um, <laughs> and we have Michael Myers taking on Jason Voorhees. Yeah, this one is harder. <laughs> this one's a lot harder. Um, obviously, Halloween came first. It's one of the most, uh, you know, people say Texas Chainsaw kicked off the slasher genre, but M- Michael Myers uh, is probably the most, I'd say, most iconic horror character. Yeah, um, probably. He's like the most well-known, I think. Yeah, most recognizable. Um, mm-hmm. And you have to give credit to Michael Myers for being just like a simple character in design. Just yeah, a jumpsuit with uh, a Shatner mask, and that's what made everybody so terrified of him. Um, meanwhile, Jason Voorhees, he, he's like a swamp mom. He comes from the swamp. Yeah, <laughs> he emerged from the water, and he's got a hockey mask and a machete. I would give myself a better chance fighting off Michael Myers mm-hmm. um, than Jason Voorhees, but Michael Myers is just—he's just that man. Yeah, I think I have to go Halloween because, like, not solely for the reason, but a big part of it is because the reboot 
or remake, whatever, the new one, the 2018, the new continuity line is really good. And the next two are probably going to be really good. So I think that gives it a leg up. Yeah. And we haven't talked about her at all, but Jamie Lee Curtis. When you got yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis in your corner. And she's still in it. So that's yeah. huge. Yeah. So for those points, included in everything else we talked about, Halloween defeats Friday the 13th and sets up our final, which is Freddy Krueger and Nightmare on Elm Street versus Michael Myers and the Halloween franchise. <laughs> what? A, what? A, I mean, deserve it, right? Like, you could totally see Yeah, it makes sense. You know, we didn't get any wacky matchups like Child's Play versus Candyman and just right. knocking out all these iconic movies. Um, so, this is tough because both of them have so many entries in their franchises. You have, what I say, nine for Nightmare and 11 for Halloween. There are some really bad ones in both. Mm-hmm. In terms of characters, you love Freddy Krueger. I like Michael Myers more, but Fr- Freddy is a scarier person, I think, hopping into people's dreams. Because when, yeah. when you're asleep, you're the most vulnerable. Yeah, I, I like Freddy more as a character than Michael Myers, but I think I might have to go Michael Myers for the same reason, that they're still making movies and they're still great. They're keeping true to original actors and storylines, and they're not just going totally rogue and making something crazy that's not enjoyable either. Like, the new one is really good. And like I said, I have a lot of faith in the next two if they just follow the same formula. So I'm going to say Halloween. Yeah. Like, that is a major part of it I think we haven't talked about for all these movies that you bring up is that Halloween's still kicking and mm-hmm. it rebounded from all the bad movies that it had. It took a yeah. while because you did have other movies in there that were pretty bad. Um, mm-hmm. Like Resurrection. Other than Busta Rhymes. Come on. Um <laughs> There's, you know, the Rob Zombie movies, which for some people really like. Uh, it's definitely a different direction from yeah John Carpenter's original character. But it adds a whole new spin to it from a a very creative mind in Rob Zombie, um, who, you know, done House of Thousand Corpses, which people love, Devil's Rejects, which is such a popular uh, mm-hmm. movie. And it took, it took the character to an, another... Uh, Another world, right? Not, I don't want to say another world, but it was a, it was a different portrayal of the character, which yeah, there it was different enough. Yeah, there aren't many examples of that, right? Like, yes, you have different directors for nightmare movies, but it's still the same character in the same it's universe. The same thing, yeah, right. Um, outside of the 2010 remake, which doesn't hold any weight because it's people don't like that movie. Um, so I think I'd have to side with you too, and I think it'd be a worthy champion of the slasher category. Yeah, he is like the slasher, I think. I would agree as well. So are we in agreement here? Michael Myers, Halloween. Yes. Halloween, the champion of the slasher category. Yay, round of applause. (laughs) We did it. Head into the final four. (laughs) And people are furiously writing, what do you mean Michael Myers over Freddy Krueger? And wait, what do you mean Chucky over Texas Chainsaw Massacre? (laughs) Um, So... Like we said, play along, have your bracket go alongside our bracket. I think that'll be a lot of fun. Um, yeah. And see who you and have. Go ahead. Yeah, let us know who you would pick and if you think we're wrong. Yeah, if there's any matchups where you thought maybe there was a buzzer beater, Ghostface could have hit on Jason Voorhees, you know, 
just a, a three point shot or something. I don't know. I, 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 no, no basketball references. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was fun. I enjoy it. I, we have a war of the champion going to our final four, which is Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. It's exciting. And it's funny. Cause if like, I, I didn't try to pick like who I thought was going to win from the beginning, but if I did, it would probably be Halloween. So yeah, it makes sense. I'm happy about it. Let us know, you listeners, what you think. Um, if we forgot a slasher franchise that you love, let us know. Um, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, and you can also tweet at us. Uh, my Twitter handle is at Natalie Zamora with two A's at the end, and then Max is at Odd Slice. So let us know. And then next week we'll be going into our next category which is zombie franchises yeah zombie franchises are going to be difficult because obviously there's the classic george a romero one but we'll we'll find some other movies to uh to have here because you know i'll have to i don't know it's it's zach snyder Scour justice. the internet yeah it's zach snyder justice league day as we're filming this so maybe zach snyder gets his own category because <laughs> he's got a, no, a new movie coming out and if we didn't include your favorite slasher movie or franchise we're sorry it's just the yes. nature of what's going on here but it is what it is. And if you don't like it, take it off Michael Myers because he's a champion. <laughs> Accurate. All right. So make sure to tune in next week as we continue our March Madness here. And we'll see you next week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.